Maya Angelou, the American poet and civil rights activist, died in May 2014, and a memorial service for her was held in this very great hall. On one occasion, she said, there is no agony like bearing an untold story inside of you. There is no agony like bearing an untold story inside of you. I wonder whether there is an untold story inside of you or an unheard story. I also believe there's an unfinished story inside all of us, a story that needs completing, a story that could have different endings, endings that will be determined by your response to Jesus, the one who knows you through and through and is longing for you to find life in all its fullness through him. This Lent, I'd like to encourage you to satisfy your spiritual thirst by pausing long enough to allow yourself to actually encounter Jesus, to let him dialogue with you as he did with the Samaritan woman and confront you in your daily routine, to confront those things that nobody else knows about, to confront you in your need and your tiredness and your emptiness to confront your life's status quo and to restore and revive and refresh and inspire you? Will you pause long enough this Lent to allow that conversation to take place? You see, in some senses, Lent can be so very predictable. Most of us know the story. We're on a journey to the known events of Holy Week. We're traveling through the awfulness of Jesus' crucifixion to the triumph and the joy of Easter Day. But don't let the familiarity of Lent and Easter inoculate you against the unpredictable moves of the Holy Spirit. Why not this Lent be prepared for the God of surprises? In the Samaritan's unlikely conversation with our Lord, we see how Jesus gets to the heart of the matter for her, releasing her potential by breaking down barriers and her defensive sensitivities. I wonder whether you could allow a conversation like that to take place between you and the Lord this Easter. Our visitor hosts will have intentional conversations with people who come into the building. They will listen and they will talk and they will try to get to the heart of matter about faith and about the Methodist story to share something with the other, but also listen as well. And it's a really valuable ministry. There are stories that need telling to be heard and to be listened to. Now, the Apostle John was a master storyteller. 
helped by the wonderful material that he had to work with. And I could preach a series of sermons on the woman at the well. It's impossible, in, especially on a communion Sunday when time is tight, to unpack the theological significance of this story. I think it was the preacher Charles Spurgeon who said, John's gospel is shallow enough for a child to wade in and deep enough for an elephant to drown in. <laughs> and it's very true. There is so much in John's gospel. And I could spend time talking about the shocking nature of the story, like the contrast between chapter 3 and chapter 4. Nicodemus in chapter 3, an influential, respectable man, theologically trained as a Jew. And then in chapter 4, this dubious woman. She was probably an uneducated, moral outcast, a Samaritan who the Jewish people despised, and certainly not people with whom they would eat and drink. Yet, despite all the stereotypes and prejudices, Jesus reaches out to this woman, aware of all the dangers of being misunderstood. Why? Because his good news story is for all people. It's for everyone, even those with a dodgy story, not just for the Jews alone and for the outwardly religious. This is for all. And I could talk about the challenge to us all to shatter prejudice with a love that sees individuals for who they are, people who are loved by God, who sent his son to save them. Or I could spend time on the miscommunication in the story, how the story's at two levels. Firstly, on a human level, Jesus is thirsty, and the woman has access to water. But secondly, there's that other level. There's the spiritual level. Jesus can offer living water, a constant flow of the spiritual drink for eternity, the new life that only the Lord can give. And there's this kind of miscommunication with her being on an earthly level with her feet on the ground talking about the real stuff of being physically 30 and him wanting to take her to a different level. As the wonderful example of missing the point how two people can speak a very different language, resulting initially in misunderstanding, and the woman bringing up all about correct forms of worship. But somehow, through that miscommunication, they come to a point where there's a true communion of heart and mind. And so I could talk about the challenge to us all to communicate well excuse the pun, uh, to communicate well, I'm not talking about the well in the ground, but to communicate properly so that those who have ears to hear will hear. We too must look beyond the material world and point people during Lent to those things that are eternal whilst demonstrating our grasp of the truth by actually meeting people's physical needs because we believe in these eternal things, we will give to the Saddam to feed people and to give them something to drink because that's actually earthing the spiritual reality in practice. Or I could spend time on the humor in the story. The woman's comment about him not having a bucket is hilarious. 
Uh, I think in the Jewish telling of the story, it would come through. He's come there, but he hasn't got a bucket. How's he going to drink? And we have the woman quietly drawing water as well at noon, the wrong time because of the heat of the day. She'd actually gone there to avoid the neighbors. But after the brief encounter with Jesus, she then, rather than annoying the neighbors, goes and finds her neighbors to tell them what the prophet has told her and what the prophet has done. And then there's the contrast, quite a humorous contrast between her and the disciples. She gets it, but they don't. They're the ones that were supposed to get it. They're the ones that are concerned about physical food. He hasn't eaten. He must be peckish. And he has to talk about a harvest and about sending them out to reap what they haven't sowed. Wow, he must have been so irritated by the fact that they hadn't got it and this woman had. He'd had a deeply meaningful conversation with a sinful heathen woman She's the one that becomes the missionary while they're bothering about food and doing the practical things. And there's a kind of humor in the story. And Jesus rebukes them for clearing off when there was work to be done and for worrying about a dodgy Samaritan. There's so much irony in the story. And I could have talked about the challenge to us all not to take ourselves too seriously or to take the eye off the ball when it comes to our faith and be lured into material things all the time and other worthy temptations when we actually need to be looking for the kingdom of God. Well, I could spend lots of time on things like that, but I want to wade in like a child and make one point today. And that is, are you prepared to lose your pot Imagine the hot, dusty, midday conversation when the drawing of water was usually done at sunrise or when it was cooler. It was not a job to be done when it was really hot. And it's significant that she comes, as I've hinted at already, when she would have been alone and not expecting other people to be there. Clearly, she had something to hide and she was really isolated but Jesus sees her and she not he not only sees her but he asks her for something when he shouldn't have done so no respectful Jew would ask such a woman for something the danger of being misunderstood and all the rest of it but he has something deep to give her and he sees her I wonder whether we see people who we would not normally associate with or whether we pass them by very quickly I would encourage those who are our visitor hosts with your intentional conversations to make sure you notice people and the untold story underneath the narrative that you're given but before she could receive from him, he moves in a kind of playful dialogue to the heart of the story. He cuts to the core. He exposes her for who she really is. And we see his deep insight here 
He told her, go call your husband and come back. Uh, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. He addresses that really sharply. But he doesn't shame her. His purpose is not to make her grovel before his holiness, but to graciously set her free, to change the narrative of her story, to give her a new identity, a new character that she can play, and to rewrite her ending, if you like, eternally. And through all of this, the woman discovers who Jesus really is. Not just Israel's Messiah, but the Savior of all the world, even those you might think are beyond redemption. What does she do? Well, there's more humor here. Well, at least I find it funny. (laughs) The woman leaves her pot. She kicks the bucket, if you like, leaving behind the very reason that she'd gone there in the heat of the day. And she leaves it all behind, and she goes and she follows Jesus. And she gives the good news to her cynical neighbors. The story changes. And when the Samaritan woman loses her pot, she moves away from her refuge, her safety net, no longer needing to escape the village gossip, for she's a new creation in Christ. Somehow Jesus has given her a new confidence, a sense of acceptance and forgiveness and a new beginning. I wonder what regular routines we hide behind. I wonder whether sometimes we're so busy being busy that it's really to hide who we really are and the things we don't want to face up to. I wonder whether we take steps to avoid other people for a reason when we need to face up to those things that mean we want to avoid them. I wonder whether we have the courage to let Jesus address us. I wonder whether we pretend somehow that Jesus can't see everything. And the truth is, we are nakedly transparent to the Lord. And he wants us to bring everything to him, even those things that we are ashamed about. To cut through our excuses, our bad habits. Not to make us grovel, but to set us free to rewrite the story, to put us on a new trajectory. If only we would face up to his holiness and his insight, thirsting for righteousness, for living water, without which we die spiritually. So my challenge to you this morning as we come to take bread and wine is dare you let Jesus change your story? There may be people here who think they're beyond redemption. Nobody is beyond his grace. 
beyond his love, beyond his forgiveness. He can help you to change, to turn towards his love and to live how you really want to live. You could even become his confident evangelist. Oh, I could never be like the visitor host telling the story of the Methodist church. Well, actually, maybe you could. And maybe in your ordinariness, because you're not like a pompous preacher who should have all the answers, you might preach or share more effectively in a language that people can understand. Maybe you could be a kingdom builder. Yes, even you. And maybe there are things that I need to look at that I should be doing too. I began by quoting Maya Angelou who recorded her life in her autobiography entitled, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. And it tells how this young lady who lacked self-worth was transformed from a victim of racism to a confident woman who could respond to prejudice. Quoting another author one day, Angelo said these words, a bird doesn't sing because it has an answer. It sings because it has a song. A bird doesn't sing because it has an answer. It sings because it has a song. And I believe you have a song to sing. And maybe it's a slightly different tune to the song that you've been singing up to now. But the Holy Spirit can refresh you with living water and feed you spiritually so that you can sing the song that you were intended to sing. You may not have all the answers, but I believe with an honest encounter with the Lord Jesus, that song, that story can be released within you, enabling you to be free to sing out with joy, with meaning and purpose. It may mean losing your pot, but you won't have lost the plot. You will have found his plot for you, and there may be new pots for you to pick up too. So rather than being worried about leaving certain things behind, the challenge I think today is may Jesus surprise you this Lent, for in our repentance, as we leave certain things behind, may you discover what Jesus has for you, his divinely inspired story that's written just for you, where sad songs can become songs of joy and praise offered in worship, in spirit, and in truth. Amen.